0: Hey, we're so glad you decided to join us on YouTube. You're about to hear a message from our teaching team. We hope this message helps equip you for freedom and to find purpose in your everyday life. We stream our online services every Sunday. You can visit us at freedomhouse.cc live to connect with us and become part of our online campus. We know that you're gonna enjoy this message you're about to watch. I'm honored today to introduce our guest speaker. He's been a friend of of our family for a very, very long time. And uh, we met playing golf, and he's been a mentor to me, a friend to me, um, golfing partner. He's been, uh, he's in- influenced our church, he's influenced churches all over the world. Uh, Pastor Chris Hodges pastors Church of the Highlands in Alabama, um, they have 18 locations, that's right, all over 19, 19, sorry, 19 locations. Probably <laughs> open up another one this weekend. and. <laughs> Six more next week, 19 locations. They're in the, the correctional centers all over Alabama. Um, they're, they're, they have uh, an impact, a footprint all around the world, um, and he is uh, taking a weekend off to come and be a part of our church. Um, He has impacted me tremendously in my leadership, in my preaching, in the way that we run our church. And so could you stand up on your feet, Freedom House, and give Pastor Chris Hodges just a big, come on, give him a big Freedom House church
1: welcome. Come on, give Jesus all the praise, everybody. Come on, everybody, give Jesus your best. Yeah, awesome. All right, give somebody a high five. Tell them you look like you've lost weight. Come on, tell them. (laughs) How many of y'all just lied in church? No, no, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. (laughs) That's my favorite thing to hear. It's never true, but I love hearing it. Uh, Because I'm from South Louisiana, and, and eating's a spiritual gift. Come on, somebody, right? Not like your pastor who gets all up there all ripped and buffed and guns and stuff. How many of y'all know rounds of shape too? I'm in shape, I'm just in a, I'm just in a different shape. So anyway, it's good, it's good to be with you guys. What a joy, We've, we were here uh, Friday night to be a part of your kingdom builders and got to be in the, the brand new uh, Lake Norman facility. And man, God's moving a Freedom House. Can I hear a good amen, everybody? It's, awesome. it's really awesome. And um, and so here, let me let me tell you the truth. While I'm here, I'm here because your pastor invited me. That's that is why I'm here, uh, but that's not what persuaded me to come. Uh, actually, my, one of my five kids, my middle son David, lives here in Charlotte. And, uh, and is part of this church. And he's had, he has a grand, brand new grandbaby, you know, his, his son, my, my grandson that's here. How many of y'all know that's why I'm really here, right? Everybody see? So uh, I told Pastor Troy, I'll come every weekend. I'm happy to come, you know. And so uh, he's the only one who doesn't live where we live. And so we miss them so very much. We have my wife and I, who's right here on the front row. 33 years, Tammy right here, everybody. I'll say hey to Tammy. And, uh. But we have five kids, and I know that's a lot. I don't know where the line is, but I know we crossed it, right and because I always get a, I always get a reaction like, "Wow, five, you know and they, I just had one guy says, "Man, five kids, you must really like kids." I say, "No, I don't. Um, I really like my wife. Come on somebody, so that's a different sermon, but I can bring it. I got stuff to say, so anyway um, but now <laughs> but now we have now our 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 kids are having kids, and um uh, so we have five grandsons under three years old. I know. And how many grandparents in the room? Where are y'all at? Yeah. It's the best. So like not a bunch of you raised your hands, but I bet you got kids. Listen to me. Don't kill them. Better ones are coming. All right. Just <laughs> let them live. Just let them live. Just hang in there. So if I'd have known they was this good, I'd have had them first. I mean, they're awesome. So hang in there. So one of our grandsons is, is in Charlotte now, and so we, we're, we're thrilled to be here, really are. We do love your pastors very, very much. Got a lot of ministry friends, but uh, I told Pastor Troy and Penny this, uh, my favorite people like my favorite people, and my, your, your pastor today has not only invited me to speak, but two of my other sons, the one that lives here and the one that lives with us in, uh, in Birmingham are speaking at two of the other locations And there's never been a pastor in the history of my life who's given my son. So thank God for I get to stand here. But thank you, sir, for loving my sons the way you do. You're a true mentor. You're a dear friend. Come on. And uh, I mean it. I mean, you want to love somebody, the best way to love somebody is to love the people they love. It's true, so your pastor's done that for me. There's nothing he couldn't ask from me, to be a, I'm a very honest. So I'm thrilled to be here today to, to bring uh, another installment of your series, Papyrus, where we're talking about the Word of God. And honestly, I think every pastor in America, whoever's watching right now, you ought to do series around the Word of God because the the Word of God is under attack right now. Uh, people are bringing uh, things about the Word of God that aren't true, confusing the masses about the Word of God, and so it's really important uh, for us to really talk about the Bible and its role in our life. In fact, I think we really are living in a generation where there's a growing biblical illiteracy so that people don't understand the Bible, and I don't really fully understand even why, but I wanna bring you a message that is the most meaningful one for me about God's Word, and it has one central thesis or one central thought that I wanna give you and then I'm gonna give you some theological points, so I'll tell you the kind of the, the, the theology or the biblical truth behind it, and then i want to get real practical and tell you how you can actually walk out of here and make it work on a Monday, all right? And, and, and here's my single thesis, and that is, it's not a normal book. So these aren't just another set of ideas, ink on paper. Here's, here's the title of my message, The Book is Alive. Can I get a better amen from some? The book's alive. It's like, what do you, what do you mean by alive? I mean, the book breathes, it has power, it, 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 it has the power in it for its own fulfillment. And that's what separates it from all, in all other books, that you can actually put the book to the test and see it work in your life. The book is alive. In fact, here's my favorite verse about the Bible. Jesus actually said it. He said, the words I have spoken to you are, and I've highlighted this word "spirit." And the word spirit, let me give you a little theological lesson. Your New Testament's written in a language called, it's written in a language called Greek, all right? And and, and the problem with a Greek to English translation is there are about four times more Greek words than there are English words. So sometimes there's not a great Greek word for the word. And so in this case, they just created a word, an English word called spirit. But that's, it's a good word, it's just not a great word because it doesn't. No one really knows what it means. But the word spirit is, the or the word Greek, the the Greek word pneuma there that we get the word spirit is, here's the word, you ready for it? The word pneuma means, (laughs) that's why there's not a good English word, right? So you say, well, just put breath there. But it's not breath. It's not the word breath. It is breath. So it's not the word wind. It's actual wind. Like the Bible has this, like, it can, it can fill your sails. It can refreshen you wherever you're stale. I mean, it, the book is alive. So the words I've spoken to you are spirit and life. See, so Chris, why, why, why are you teaching that? Why it's so important? Because you got to be careful and not let the book just get in your brain. It's got to get into your life. It's got to come alive on the inside of you. So years ago when I was a student at LSU, I I was a sophomore uh, and had a student job at where my mom worked on campus. My mom was the secretary to the chancellor at the LSU Law School. And so she got me a student job so between classes I could make a few bucks, you know. And what's so funny is she got me a job in the maintenance department at the LSU Law School, and that's not funny to you, but if you know me, that's hilarious because I can't fix nothing. <laughs> and uh, so I'm in this maintenance department basically just waiting for phone calls to change light bulbs that were out in this five-story law library. So long story short, I, I, I went there every day. Didn't do much work because we waited for a phone call for something to break or something to spill. And so I worked for a guy named Al Toll who, uh, who just said, Chris, just hang out here. You can study, wait for the phone call. So I sat at this desk in his office every day not doing very, very little, and and I would just, I didn't study much, thank God, I mean, that's why I didn't finish in accounting, y'all, I started in accounting, but but God saved me, praise God, I got called to the ministry, but anyway, so, uh, and, and so anyway, but I would sit there, I was so on fire for the Lord when I was a college student, still am, but I mean, as a student, I would just sit there and read my Bible, I, was, I had my Bible out every day, just read my Bible, Al didn't mind it, but there was a friend of his who worked for the LSU Police Department. His name was Muhammad. He's a Muslim and a very nice guy. He came by just about every day to hang out with Al for about five minutes on his break. And they came by, and every day, like, hey, oh, it was Muhammad. How you doing? You know, and he'd wave, and we'd talk, and it was all good. Well, this one particular day where I'm reading my Bible there, Muhammad walks over to me. And look, I'm friends with him. I know him. He walks up there. He goes, hey, Chris, I can show you something in that Bible that you don't believe like, I, I can prove to you you don't believe everything in that book. And I'm thinking, he's probably got some verse. I call it the gotcha verse. It's the, you, you know it, but I didn't know it was there, and you're going to mess with me. And So I was a little intimidated, to be honest with you. And, but I don't know, a little, little courage rose up inside of me. I said, no, Muhammad, if it's in there, I believe it. I believe If it's in that Bible, I believe it. I believe the word of God. He goes, no. He said, no, you don't believe it. I said, yes, I do. He said, well, I'll show you. So he walks over and I'm looking at my Bible. I, I'm thinking he's going to like flip a, flip a page or something. If I show me that verse, when all of a sudden he hauled off and slapped the fire out of my face, shakapow. I'm like, brother, what, <laughs> what'd you do that for? Like, he, I mean, my face is throbbing from his slap on my face. And he pointed his finger at my face and he said, If you believe the Bible, turn the other cheek. I said, are you serious? <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is your verse? <laughs> this, I couldn't believe that's what he wanted from me at that moment. I, like, I, said, he's, I said, well, I believe it. He goes, but then turn out the treat. I said, all right, all right, go ahead. He goes, no, no, you don't believe it. I said, yes, I do. He goes, no, you don't believe it. Well, now I think he's bluffing. So i like, hit me, brother. He goes, hit me again, and, which I couldn't believe that either. But anyway, but. and, and i never forget, he took his police cap off. He goes, well, I guess I found my first real Christian. And I'm thinking, what are you doing around, slapping everybody? Are you, are you crazy or something? You know? And he took his, he, I never forget, he took his cap off. Like He goes, man, you're the real deal, aren't you? And I said, what do you mean by that? He goes, oh, I know a lot of Christians who know their Bible, but very few who live it out inside of them. I'm like, well, man, I want to make sure I do that, right, everybody? I don't want to just know the Bible. I don't want to be an intellectual. Man, I want some... I want some breath, some life on the inside of me. Can I hear a good amen, everybody? It's really important. In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews that the word of God is, say the last word in yellow, The word of God is? It's, a, it's living, it's active, it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It'll actually, if you'll let it, penetrate down into your life, dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It, it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. In other words, it can come into every, every bit of your mess, and do surgery on it, and heal you, and deliver you. It's not a normal book. The book's alive, and my job as a pastor is to help you see it that way, experience it that way, so it's not just another set of information, because I meet a lot of Christians who really don't enjoy reading their Bibles too much. They know they need to, but the book hadn't come alive to them, so here's what I wanna do. I wanna build a theological case of how it can come alive, and then I'm gonna end it with some practical steps that you can do every day. And here's the theological case. In order for the Bible to come alive, there's a word that says, that, that makes it key for it to come alive. And that is the word faith. Faith will activate the word. In other words, when you really believe it, God says, I'll put something in a motion where the words aren't normal words anymore. The words actually come to life, but you gotta believe it. And I'll show it to you in scripture. In Hebrews chapter four, it says, watch this. Paul says, uh, says for we also have had the gospel preached to us Just as they did, but the message that they heard, so this message, there's preaching going on in churches all over the world today, but not everybody is going to have any value from it. There are going to be a bunch that walk out not understand it, not believe it, nothing's going to happen. It's of no value. Why? Because those who heard it did not, look at the last line, didn't combine it with their faith. So they heard it, but there was no faith mixed with it, so nothing happened. Listen to me. The Word of God can do absolutely nothing in your life if you don't believe it. But if you believe it, you have faith, then, man, it'll, it'll, it'll do more than you ever dreamed of happening in your life, which begs the question, then within, then if faith is the key to making it come alive, then how do you get more faith? That would be the question I'd ask. So let me give you this second point, and that is it's revelation that activates your faith. And they would say, Chris, where does faith come from? Faith comes from an aha moment. Faith comes from from the moment you read it and you go, oh oh my goodness, I see it now. And that's when your faith goes into motion at that very moment. In fact, I was raised in church. I don't know about y'all, but I was was raised in church. My dad was the organist in a Baptist church. And uh, I ain't never, and I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you my story. But I've never missed a Sunday in church in my life. Like ever, <laughs> mainly because Dad wouldn't let me. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to go, but Dad's like, "Nah, you going?" Dad, I'm throwing up. You can throw up at church. You can get yourself a bag. We going to? <laughs> I'm serious. If, <laughs> if we if we was on vacation, we found a Baptist church. We went to church. We we didn't miss ever. And I'm grateful now because now i a, a, a really I'm, I'll be 56 this year. I have a lifetime of never missing church, and I'm gonna tell you my life's better because of it. But there were years where I was hearing the word of God every Sunday, and, brother, I was checked out. It meant absolutely nothing to me. And honestly, I hated church. And I'll never forget the Sunday where, I, where all of a sudden, bam. Oh, my goodness, I'm a sinner, and I'm going to hell. I need a Savior. I don't want to pay for this myself. I need Jesus. i never forget the conviction and just, what, what's the difference? I'd heard it for 15 straight years, and all of a sudden, it came alive. Well, that's the word revelation, and, and when you have revelation, your faith gets activated. When your faith gets activated, this book comes alive. In fact, I'll tell you a story in the Bible that a lot of you are, know most of the story, the story of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And as you know, an angel came to her and said, you're going to get pregnant, and, you're gonna have the, and the baby inside you is going to be God. Now she, Most scholars think she's somewhere around 14, 15 years old. And an angel shows up in her room and says, now listen to me, you're getting ready to get pregnant and the baby's gonna be God. And she said, I don't think you know how this works, all right, so that's what she said. Because I'm still a virgin, so I don't know what y'all angels do, but this ain't how it works, right? She, listen to me, she heard the word. She heard the word, she had no revelation of the word yet. So nothing was happening. I would submit to you she wasn't pregnant at this point. Because she couldn't understand it. And the angel said, no, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you. And the power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. And the Holy One that's going to be born to you will be called the Son of God. Now, she still doesn't get it. And watch what the angel said. The angel said, and no word. Now Now, here the angel uses, again, it's one of those Greek things where a Greek word, the English to Greek translation doesn't always give you the best word. Because there are a lot of different words for the word, word. I mean, there's a lot of different words for the word love. You're going to get one word in English, love, but it could be eros in the Greek, which means erotic love. It could be phileo, which means brotherly love, like friends have. There can be agape, which is the unconditional forgiveness kind of love. I mean, we get one word, love. The Greeks got all kind of different words. And on this word, word, there's two words for the word word. <laughs> That's just fun to say, all right? Because there's the word logos in the Greek, which means the written word or the spoken word. And it's what happened to her at the beginning. You're going to have a baby. She goes, "Mm -mm, that ain't going to happen. She heard the word, but now the angel says, no, what you need is rhema. And that's the word there. The word, word there in the Greek is the word rhema. And that's the word revealed word. It's not just written. I get it. And the angel says, here's your problem. You heard my message, but you didn't have any revelation about it. For no word from God, if you get the revelation, no word from God will ever fail. That's your problem, Mary. And she said, I am the Lord's servant. All of a sudden, she, she bit it. She took, she took that word. She says, and may your rhema be to me. May it be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. And I would submit to you, that moment she got pregnant because she believed the word of God. Are y'all following me, everybody? In order for the book to come alive, you have to have faith. In order for you to have faith, you have to have a revelation. So now the obvious question is, well, how in the world do you get a revelation? Where does revelation come from? And that's the third theolo- theological truth I want to give you, and that is, is that meditation will activate revelation. Say, Chris, well, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Yeah, what you had not done enough of is meditate on it. Say, what do you mean by that? I mean, that you've got to hear it and hear it and read it and do it and hear it and read it and do it and keep going to church and keep going to church and keep listening to it and keep reading it. Keep re- oh, I see it. And then your faith goes into action. All of a sudden, this Bible comes alive for you. And this is really important. Meditation activates revelation. I'll show it to you in Scripture in Joshua. It says, do not let the book of this, this book of the law depart from your mouth. And notice the word I highlighted in verse 8. Meditate on it. Now, if, if, the, if the New Testament is written in Greek, and it is, the Old Testament original manuscripts are in Hebrew. And Hebrew is very unlike Greek. Hebrew doesn't give you a a, a word for a word. It gives you a picture for a word, a paragraph for a word. The Hebrew language is a very pictorial language. And the word meditate literally means, you ready for this? This is so funny to me. The word meditate means chew on it like a cow chews its cud. Now, y'all are in the South. Come on. Charlotte's getting all sophisticated and everything lately, MBA and everything. All right. But y'all still got some farms out here. You've seen them cows, right? And isn't it funny? You can see a cow, he hadn't grabbed grass for, for an hour, and he's still chewing. And they always do this little sideways chew. His jaw goes sideways. That's the word here. And, the, and cows are what we call ruminating animals. There's only a few animals that are, that are ruminating animals. And a ruminating animal does a very gross thing. I'm sorry for it. I'm just telling you the truth, okay? And that is they grab some grass, and they chew it up, and then they swallow it, and they throw it up right back in their mouth, all right, and chew on it again, and then swallow it. And they throw it up right back in their mouth again. They regurgitate it, and then chew on it some more. And every time they do, they're getting more nutrients out of it. That's the word. See, some of you have wanted the faith to move mountains. You wanted the Bible to come alive. Well, faith happens, faith happens when you get a revelation, but revelation happens when you meditate. I'm just going to keep chewing on this. Keep chewing on this. Keep chewing on this. I hope you leave today with a few more nutrients than you came to church with. You don't know everything about the Bible, but you're going to know a little bit more than you did before you came here. And what's going to happen, your faith is going to grow, and the Word's going to come alive to you. Meditate on it day and night so that you're careful to do everything written in it. Watch this. And then you will be these two words I'd love to have happen in my life, be prosperous and successful. This, this is the secret to the Bible coming alive in our lives. And if you believe it, say a good amen, everybody, all right? So, so now let's get practical. So we understand that the, really the key to revelation is meditation, but the, and, and, the, and faith is, right, I'm gonna make this book come alive. Well, then I gotta get this meditating thing down. And I wanna give you some practical ways you can do that. In fact, In fact, I wanna give you a, a way for you to have a life that's built on the word of God, where it's a part of your life, not just on a Sunday for an hour, It's a part of your life every day. And here's how Jesus said it. He said, these words I've spoken to you are not incidental additions to your life. They're not homeowner improvements. Don't you love the message? They are foundational words. Read it all the yellow out loud. Come on, even if you're by yourself online, read it out loud. Words to build. Now, so I gotta figure out a way to build my life on the Bible. So that meditation produces revelation, revelation produces faith, faith makes the book come alive. And now I'm not just thinking it, I am living it out. And if you work these words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. That's what I want to help you do. I want to give you three ways. This is all practical now. This is just go home and do it on, on a Monday kind of teaching now. And the first is you have to accept the authority of God's word. I wonder what your attitude toward the Bible is. I wonder how you see your Bible. I wonder wonder what that book really means to you. Is is it just a set of instructions, or do you see it as authority? I'm going to just tell you, my own attitude is I have decided that God wrote the Bible. Say, no, Chris, man wrote the Bible. No, man, man held the pen. While God inspired people to write the Bible. There's one author. Many people held a pen, but there's only one author, and his name is God. Come on, say amen right there. And if you see the word of God as true, Perfect, infallible, and stop listening to the, it's honestly, it's lies of the world. One of the lies of the world is they'll tell you, I was this thing, I was at an a- airport, and this, this, these two girls were talking about the Bible, and this one girl said, You know, yeah, but they've been translating it for 2,000 years, and every time they do, it just keeps getting changed and changed and changed and changed. And she was making the case that translations are coming from the last one we did. What she didn't know, and I wanted to interrupt, I didn't, but what she doesn't know is that they don't go back to the last one they they translate it to translate it again. They go back to the very original manuscripts again. It is incredibly accurate. And the, and the world, the devil, come on, everybody, wants to put a, a lie out there that you can, it can't be trusted. Oh, yes, it can. It's powerful. Amen, everybody? We accept the authority of the word of God. In fact, let me show you this verse out of First Thessalonians. We also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men but actually as it is the word of God which is now by the way it's only when you accept it that it is now at work in those who believe so I think it begins right off the bat with saying I believe it is God's word and when I read something I don't like or understand I don't change it to fit me I change me to fit it I mean I'm very serious if you want this book to work inside of you, you've got to accept the authority of the Word of God in your life. Here's the second thing, and that is we have to assimilate it. And the word assimilates basically it's a, it's a fancy word for figure out a way to get it into my life more. Now if you're, you're one of those like I was growing up in church where I, just was, re- I was just in church you know, for an hour on a Sunday and that was pretty much all there was to it, ain't much going to happen to you. But if you figure out a way, I'm going to get this into my life regularly, just assimilate its truths in my life I promise you. In fact, why don't you dedicate 2019 as a year of I'm going to get God's word in my life. I'm going to get it into my life. Three ways. And that is first I'm going to do it by listening to it. I'm going to put myself in a position where I'm hearing God's word. I'm going to go to church. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hear preaching. I'm going to hear teaching on this. I, I'm going to listen to God's word. Amen, everybody? In fact, in fact what I want to encourage you to do is make sure that you're doing what you're doing today as many Sundays as you possibly can. Now, I've been challenging my church to this, Pastor Troy, because it's, I don't know if it's the online thing, I don't know what it is, but more and more people are like, hmm, do I feel like going to church today? Hmm, yeah. Well, the weather's kind of, hmm, you know, I, I don't, I mean, like, really, that's your plan? I, the other day, somebody, somebody came up to me after service, they said, man, I am so glad I came to church today. And I said, you mean you weren't planning on it? And I kind of, they were kind of busted, you know what I'm saying? Because they kind of woke up and checking the weather, like, mm, maybe I feel like it, maybe I don't. Listen to me. The Bible says it was Jesus' custom to get into that temple every single Sunday. I, you got to have a plan where you don't follow your feelings about whether to go or not. Man, I'm just going. I'm, I'm going. I'm going to hear God's word, hear God's word. I'm not going to follow my feelings. Your feelings will lie to you. You know that, right? Feelings can't be trusted. No, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a have a plan to get into God's word. Here, 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 here's what Romans says. So faith comes by hearing. hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. I'm going to get in there and I'm going to have a plan for this thing. That Jesus said, consider carefully about how you're going to listen. I mean, you need to be thinking about it, saying, you know what? If it's up to me, I'm going to be there. I'm going I'm to build my life around hearing God's word. And God's people said a good Amen? Amen. amen. Here's a second way that we do it, and that is by reading it. So let me just say very nice to you, do you have a reading plan? Or does it kind of hit you when it hits you, and you feel like it when you feel like it? I want to encourage you to get a reading plan. There's a bunch out there, by the way. You can go to that YouVersion Bible app, and there are hundreds of little devotionals that you can spend a couple of minutes on or 20 minutes on. The plan I use is what's called the One Year Bible Bible. And what they do is they give you a little Old Testament reading, a little New Testament reading, a psalm, and a proverb. And it takes, for me, it takes about 15 minutes of reading a day. And if you do it every day, you've read through the whole Bible. And let me tell you, I'm a pastor, and I, don't, I haven't made, it never been a year where I've done every single day. Now I've gotten most of them, but I don't get under law. I don't get under legalism if I miss a day. Yeah, I'm about eight weeks behind. I'm catching up. No, you don't do that. Just read that day's readings, and get God's Word in you every day. I'm just going to feed on God's Word every day. Je- Jesus said, man shall not live on tacos alone. Come on, somebody, right? <laughs> you can't just eat physical food. you got to eat spiritual food. Y'all look at me. I don't miss no meals. Look at me, right? I shouldn't miss a spiritual meal either. Some of us are spiritually malnourished because we're eating. Y'all, I can look at you. Y'all are eating food, right? <laughs> but we need to eat that spiritual food too, the bread of life, the word of God. So I don't think I understand it very well. Yes, because you're malnourished. The world's malnourished right now. And that's what I appreciate again about your pastor building an entire series around getting you spiritual food every week. Man, don't miss, man. Just get get the Bible in, in your life every day. And the third way is by exploring it. And the best way to explore it is in an environment where you can have a discussion with another Christian about God's word, a small group. A place where you can say, hey, I read this. Let me tell you what I got out of it. Wow, that's cool. I never saw that before. Well, help me understand this, because I was reading this. And I don't think I quite get it. Well, here's how I see it, and that's exploring it. Now we're, now we're just kind of growing in God's word, and I'm going to tell you, if you want to be a healthy Christian, this is one of those important things that we can do. I have hidden your word in my heart, and look at the result, And that I might not sin against God. The more I get it inside of me, the more my life Begins to work out in a great way. Are y'all understanding this, everybody? So I'm gonna accept the authority of God's word. I'm gonna assimilate it, figure out a way to get into my everyday life through those three different ways. And finally, now I'm gonna apply it to my life. I'm gonna apply the principles. And this is the fun part. Because now it's not just a book that I'm understanding, okay, and I put it back on the shelf till tomorrow. No, no, no. I can go use it for every situation in my life. And I don't know if you've ever heard someone tell you that before but it can fit into your office, your decisions, your emails, your, your every part of your life. You want to get married? God's Word has something to say about it. You, you, you're going through this. You, you're sick. Yeah, I got a verse. It, we call it finding a verse for every situation that I'm in. Let me say it this way. There is a verse for every situation you're in, and when you begin to apply it to your life in those kind of ways, it's loads of fun. So, so years ago I learned the principle of just finding a verse. So I have a verse. If I'm if I'm afraid, Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light, my salvation, whom shall I fear? If I feel like the devil's attacking me, I got 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. My money's not quite working out. Philippians 4:19. My God shall supply all of my need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Are y'all following me, everybody? You go to the dentist, crown him with many crowns. Come on, somebody. No, I'm just kidding. That's not a verse. <laughs> It is funny, though. But there is a verse, by the way, if you're going to the dentist, Psalm 81 says, open wide thy mouth, and I will fill it. So there you go. You got you a dentist verse now, all right? But what what am I doing? What am I doing? I'm getting the word of God working on the inside of me. Do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourself. Do what it says. Do it. Do the word. Do the word. I'll close with a story. Tammy and I married 33 years now. When we first got married, we had, a little, we had a little apartment. You can call it an apartment. Y'all, it was so small. I think it's the smallest apartment they make. It's, it had one little room on the bottom floor. They called it a townhome just because it had a set of stairs. But, it, but literally, the front door where our living room was and the back door where our kitchenette wasn't any further from me to this worship leader right over here. You know, just a little bitty old space. And it had a bedroom at the top. Anyway, we were young, innocent Thought we were the happiest people on earth at the point, and and I was on staff as a youth pastor at the church I grew up in, and it was a Sunday night, and of course Monday is, is a kind of a preacher's day off. It's so we thought let's just stay up late and watch movies, you know. That was before kids. Come on, y'all, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Those freedom years, Lord Jesus. Anyway, so <laughs> and so we we're just young, innocent, newlyweds watching movies. And in the middle of our movie, we heard, we, we thought was one of our car's horn honk. And we didn't do nothing about it. It's like, Did you hear that? Yeah, I think I heard that. We just went back watching the movie. Well, sure enough, the next morning, we came down those little stairs, it's about 10 o'clock on that Monday morning. The front door was wide open. The first thing I saw when I came down, I saw the front door wide open. And when I came down, look around The back door, wide open, and everything on our bottom floor was gone. And we ran outside, and both our little cars, I had a Honda Accord, she had a Toyota Camry, and the windows were busted out, and our cassette players were gone. Come on, y'all, where y'all? Everything, is just, and it's gone. And not only was our stuff gone, but all that happened while we were upstairs asleep. And I remember just, not only did I feel violated and Disappointed that all that happened, but man, I was afraid because people were in our house. Like, that's scary to know that. And and really, honestly, had had I gone downstairs when I heard the horn honk, I might have walked in on the situation and lost my life. I don't know. So anyway, um, we called the police, and this incredible sheriff's deputy came. I mean, hats off to our law enforcement. But he came and. And just not only took care of us, did the report and all that, he saw fear on my face. Now, Tammy was like a rock. We got this. I'm like, no, we don't. You know, I'm, 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 I'm freaking out. Like, I don't want to go to bed. I said, I don't want to go to bed tonight. I mean, people are in our house. It's hard to sleep that, that next night. And he saw that. This, 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 this awesome police officer said, I'm going to park my car in front of this front door. You can sleep well tonight. It's going to be right here all night long. I ain't leaving. And sure enough, he came that night, parked his car there, stayed all night long while I went to bed. Well, he wasn't staying the next night. Y'all listening to me, all right? I couldn't have my own little private police officer there. And, I, and fear hit me again. And I called my dad and said, Dad, I'm afraid. And I was, I was really afraid. And my dad says, Chris, you need a verse for this situation. And I didn't have a verse. I didn't have, I didn't have any don't steal my stuff verse. Y'all know what I'm saying? I didn't know where that was at. But I found a verse in Psalm 144 that says, there'll be no more breaching of our walls and there'll be no going into captivity. Nobody's gonna take me and nobody's coming past this line ever again. And I wrote it out on a little three by five index card and I taped it to the front door and I put it on, taped another one to the back door. And I went to bed that night with a level of confidence knowing that my God has this front door and that back door. And ever since then, ever since then, I learned an important lesson because I felt the strength and the power of God's word in my life. And ever since then, I've had a word for every situation in my life. Are you hearing me, everybody? That this is a book that you can live your life on. Come on, give Jesus praise if you believe it. All right, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you, but listen to me. I want the Bible to come alive on the inside of you. And I want you to be back next week when Pastor Troy preaches and learn how to get this book inside your life. And everybody said amen. amen. Close your eyes and open your hands right there. You don't have to lift them, just open them, turn them toward heaven. Father, I thank you for every person in this room. And God, I pray that the book comes alive, that serving you comes alive, Lord, and that they're gonna grow in a relationship with you, never the same in Jesus' name. Lord, let their faith rise, let revelation rise. Let their meditation rise, God, as they get close to you through your word in Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Before I leave this stage, I want to pray for every person who needs to know God. In fact, there are some of you, you might even consider yourself a Christian, but you know you're not in the right place with God. And I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm not going to call you down to the front. I want to pray for you just right there where you are. But you're here. You know You know you need to get some things right. In fact, here's how you know. You're carrying your own shame. You feel your guilt. You you feel the weight of your own sin. And you need to put it on Jesus today. And you're ready to surrender your life. I'm not asking you to even join this church yet. I'm just saying you're ready to give your life to Jesus. And you're ready to go all in with God. You know you need it. You came here today knowing it's time. And I would just say to you very respectfully, why not today? Why not today? Why not let this be the day? that you get your life right with God. Now, I'm not gonna make you stand up. I just wanna pray for you, but that's you. Would you make eye contact with me and give me a little wave and say, Pastor Chris, count me in that closing prayer. Anybody wanna join me? Okay, 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 okay. Anybody else? Yep, yep. I see two dozen hands. Yep, 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 yep. Good, anybody else? Yep, good job. Just, I wanna see your eyeballs. Just count me in this prayer. Yep, thank you, sir. God bless you. Thank you. Anybody else? Just Count me in, back here in the back. Good job, I'm proud of you. That's why you're here today. That's why you came to this great church today. It's awesome. Yes, sir, thank you. God bless you. I'm so proud of you. How about up top, anybody? Okay, awesome, 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 awesome. Awesome. Thank you, thank you. All right, come on. Every voice, let's join with them in this prayer. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and paying for my sin. Today I receive what you did for me, By giving you my entire life, I surrender all. Forgive me. Save me. Be the Lord of my life. Thank you for setting me free. In your name I pray. Amen. Come on, congratulate them.
0: Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and join us for online services. If you'd like to learn more about Freedom House or how you can become part of our church, visit our website at freedomhouse.cc.